Hello and welcome to Our Miss Brooks from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now it's Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. Well, our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, has been going with Philip Boynton, Madison's biologist, for many years now. And as far as she is concerned, the sun rises and Guns. sets on him. The sun Run rises and sets on him, all right. right. West, but for the bulk of the day, our relationship is strictly the for the birds. <laughs> of course, there have been some rays of hope recently. For instance, last weekend was his parents' 35th wedding anniversary. And knowing his mother's influence on Mr. Boynton, I wanted to go to Cedarville with him to help them celebrate. His mother had hinted two months ago that she wanted me to come, but Mr. Boynton hadn't mentioned it since. Nevertheless, on Friday morning, direct invitation or not, I was all set to go. I even had $30 of the 40 I'd need for plane fare there and back. At breakfast, I discussed the problem of raising the balance with my landlady. $10 isn't an insurmountable obstacle. Tommy. But it may take a little time to dig up. Well, I don't have any time, Mrs. Davis. I've got to get the invitation from Mr. Boynton, plus the $10 I need for the plane fare today. Have you any idea where I might borrow the money? I think I hear the doorbell, dear. <laughs> you always hear it when I need money. But I wasn't thinking of borrowing from you, Mrs. Davis. All I wanted was a suggestion as to how I could handle my double dilemma. Well, dear, there is a way to handle the situation. You've got to appeal to people's sentimental side. Everybody has one, you know. And when it's appealed to properly, they'll do practically anything for you. Take me, for instance. I'm a pushover for the reminiscing approach. The reminiscing approach? Yes. Mm -hmm. With me, you might talk about the day you first came here to rent a room. Do you remember that day? Oh, I certainly do. I was wearing a brown dress with two green stripes down the back. Green stripes? That was from the park bench I'd been sleeping on. <laughs> yes, I remember that day distinctly. It was early in the fall of 1947. I had seen your ad in the paper, and it seemed like just the sort of a place I... Oh, how do you do? How do you do? I'm here about your ad in the paper. Wonderful. Where did you find my cat? <laughs> your cat? Oh, I'm here about your room. Oh, I have lost the room. You must have the wrong house. Well, aren't you Mrs. Margaret Davis? And isn't this 295 Carroll Avenue? Right again. Well, I'm here to see about an ad in the paper concerning a room to rent. Well, thanks a lot. But I already have an ad in the paper about a room. But come back next week. If it's not rented by then, I'll use yours. All right, everybody. Well, all right, but our ad rates are a lot cheaper than the paper you're using now. What am I saying? Mrs. Davis, I'm here to try to rent your room. Well, for goodness sake, why didn't you say so? Instead of beating around the bush. Just windy, I guess. <laughs> well, a murder charge. Well, I told you we're gamblers, Marshal. 
What did you say your name was? Brooks. Constance Brooks. I begin teaching at Madison High School next week. I can give you a letter of identification if you want. Oh, that will be necessary. I like your appearance. And although there are four or five other people interested in the room, I want you to have it. Well, thank you. Now, the room and board is $20 a week. That includes use of kitchen facilities, electricity, Well, uh, well, now, gentlemen, uh, let's move on. Seven years have passed since then. Seven years since we shared together. I couldn't believe it. It's been seven wonderful years, Connie. Um, I don't like to mention it, dear, but could you let me have ten dollars on the rent you owe? <laughs> From the week before last. Oh, certainly, Mrs. Davis. I have some money right here in my purse. There you are. Ten dollars. Oh, no. Thank you, dear. One other piece, sir? See what an appeal to no, sentiment will do. <laughs> Wait a minute. We got turned around. I was supposed to get ten dollars from you. Now, if that's the way it I'll answer it. Greetings and salutations. Come in, Walter. I'll go out to the hey, kitchen and get it for you myself. Sure, sure, get it Is everything okay? Certainly, Walter. No, I'm just coming out of a sentimental mood. Oh, oh, well, there's nothing well, like sentiment, I always say. Especially if you've got ten dollars to throw around. are you in straits again? Just about twenty dollars worth of straits, Walter. I'll get it somewhere. Have you given any thought to Mr. Conway? Only when it's unavoidable. Oh, you mean as a source. No, I'm afraid he's the last person who'd lend me any money. Well, that's probably true as a rule, but I happened to see him this morning, and he's in an excellent mood. Really? He must have seen an accident somewhere. He might be worth a try at that. Well, if I'm going to talk to him now, before school starts, we'd better get going, Walter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now, remember, Connie, when you see Mr. Conklin, be sure to appeal to his sentimental side. Uh, All right, well, Mrs. Davis, I may have to turn him over a few times, but I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> members of my faculty. Better put on your bifocal, sir. It's me. Well, of course it's you. Sit down, Miss Brooks. Tell your principal how he can be of service to you. The alarm doesn't go off and spoil this. You're in an excellent humor this morning, sir. And well, I might be. I've just learned that my salary raise has been confirmed for the next year, pending my report to the state board, which meets in Cedarville. Cedarville? Fortunate coincidence, Mr. Boynton is visiting his folks here. there this weekend. We don't He's have to promised cheat. to deliver it for me. I they will have quite a pile on the Now, what do you want, Miss Brooks? We don't know. Mr. Boynton, right. what else? Greedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to speak to you about something else, sir. You know, you'll We've been together a long time, haven't we, Mr. Conklin? Over seven years, Do you remember that first day we met? I saw him about an hour ago over on Bridge Street with Effie Cannon. It was early in the fall, and I remember I happened to be in a very fine humor that day. It was a memorable day, all right. As I recall, I had just entered your office, and you got... Did I say something wrong? I don't know, Kitty. And you must be Miss Brooks. You are sufficient to our English department. That's me, Mr. Conklin. You were sweet-talking, Effie Cannon. Miss Brooks? Oh, are you teaching English, too? (laughs) 
I meant that oh, I sir. I've heard a lot about you, Mr. Conklin, well, and if I may, I'd like to shake your hand. Don't get up. I'll just reach across the desk. Mr. Elvis, please watch that ink well. I hope Miss Brooks that ink well, Miss Brooks. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. It isn't too bad, though. Luckily, the ink won't show on your blue vest. <laughs> it was a gray vest. been a custom of mine to present to incoming teachers a brand new blackboard point of luck. Here's yours. Hello, Maury. Use it well. Oh, I will, sir. Thank you. you Hi, it's nice and whippy, isn't it? Watch where you're swinging that, Miss Brooks. Look out, Miss Brooks. Look out. Who is? Look out. Mr. Conklin, forgive me. Who is? Lots of people. I've got another pair of All the clumsy, irresponsible actions. Oh, I'll make it up to you, sir. Honestly, I will. You know now, perhaps I'd better be off to class. I agree heartily. There's nothing Hope else in here we'll you miss. could use for target and practice. someday we will. <laughs> I apologize again, Mr. Conklin. I want you to Let's know that as long as I'm teaching here at Madison, fine. I'll make like every it. effort to give this... And we got enough now, more than we ever had before. Let's go somewhere else and start a yes, real business. How what well about? I remember that hideous well, day when you first came tonight. to Madison. <laughs> I guess I waxed sentimental over the wrong occasion. No, no, not at all. Your choice was an admirable one. You reminded me of something I'd forgotten for, lo, these many years. You know, you never did pay me for those glasses you broke that day. So, uh, in the interest of sweet sentiment, just hand over ten dollars, please. But, sir, I... Right now, Miss Brooks. Very well. Here you are, sir. Thank you. And now, just why did you come in here? Grover's you asked if I could use your again. phone for a moment. My phone? What oh. for? To tell a dear little old lady that if she has any what more bright ideas, at? she should keep them to herself. You, Miss Gann. You're in love with Grover. Well, since I felt that an invitation from Mr. Boynton was well, necessary now, uh, before I, I could visit his parents with idea. him, I decided he to did. try Mr. Davis's sentimental approach once more. Luckily, when I sat down with him at but lunch in the school cafeteria, well, Mr. Boynton was in an extremely nostalgic well, well, mood. Well, you're, you're wrong. You know, I was thinking well, in my I lab today care. about the like things we've been through together. But the then, good times and bad, I, I like and heartaches too. and happiness. Oh, it mean certainly has been games. an experience. Uh, sometimes when I think well, about sure. it, I wish Most it would never end. Like little Maybe it like doesn't have to, Mr. Boynton. Of course it does, Miss Brooks. My frog McDougal can't live forever. No, if there wasn't no Grover. Well, sure. If there was only one of us. Could you find it in yourself to leave here and go away? Let's reminisce for a minute, shall we? Where'd you get such an idea as that? I don't know what you're talking about. Over six years, Miss Brooks. Do you recall that first date we had together? Oh, indeed I do, Miss Brooks. I remember it as if it were yesterday. That's because we did the same things yesterday. But that first night, you drove me to Have you heard the talk? The very summit There's going to be another of those William I Tell acts late this afternoon. For the view, Mr. Boynton? There's something else to do, too. Look at all those other parked the cars. The I guess they have the same idea Tell. I have. Sold at least. her house for cash. <laughs> and she Look might have some more saved up some. Mr. Boynton. Isn't it lovely? Oh, it certainly is, Miss Brooks. Those two 
Romantic, Might be too. Fleecing him. On a night like this, you'd you never it believe more it like was the other way around. Dead a rattlesnake can be pretty good, you see. But it has been a very nice evening. She's being fleeced. You think she'll thank me for it? I wanted to ask you out since the first day we met two weeks ago. Well, why didn't you? find out something. You beat me to it. I did hint rather broadly, didn't I? But you seem so reserved. It's my nature, I guess. I'll probably get over it, though. Wanna bet? <laughs> I'll bet Eagle Mountain is one of the highest points in this area. And one of the most fascinating. In fact, to cap the evening, I have a little surprise for you. A surprise? What kind? Well, Miss Gans, I want to show you the finest specimen of eagle's nest you've ever I'll seen. Just talk to you for a minute. <laughs> you like birds, mm-hmm. you'll really enjoy this, Miss Brooks. I'm listening. It's uh, a bit difficult to meet. Once we find it, it's oh. the most They have lots of big mouths in this town. I see you got your bag in that there. You uh, out of the little town. You might not believe this, I but I kept a souvenir of that little expedition oh, to I this just day. It might be. A souvenir? Yes, indeed. What? Pressed in the book, I uh, have you know, the very band-aid I used when that baby eagle scratched my game. hand. <laughs> hey, I'd forgotten all about that. That's because it wasn't that? your hand. You but it is nice to reminisce, isn't it, Mr. Biden? Yes, it is. Oh, um, not to change the subject, Now, you Brooke, listen to me, Marshall. I'm a little short widow, this week, yes, and I was wondering if you could lend me $10. I'd like to get my parents a little anniversary present. Oh, naturally. I have it right here in my purse. There you are. No business of yours. Thanks a lot. Hi, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Ms. Brooks. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Gant. What are you doing up here on Eagle right. Mountain? Maybe what? You meant well. But oh, I pardon me. That was ten dollars ago. What is it, Walter? Oh, Mrs. Davis called and asked you to call her right back. You can use the phone booth over by the steam table. All right. Miss Boynton, could you lend me a dime, please? Dime? I'd get you in the mood, but I can't afford it. <laughs> here you are, Miss Brooks. Thanks. I'll be getting back to my class now. You, me too. I'll see you later, Miss Brooks. I'm driving you, Mr. Boynton, to the airport, you know. Fine, Walter. Today came to see William Tell after all, huh, Marshall? Hello. Oh, hello, Mrs. Davis. This is Connie. Can you see good from there, Marshall? Call me back in a few minutes, please. I'm expecting an important phone call from Mrs. Schindler. Mrs. Schindler? Who's she? I haven't the slightest idea. No. But she's calling. What's the matter? You nervous because of the law? I'm not nervous. Are you? Put the bullet exactly where I'm going. Well, go ahead then. Please, Dave, I've got to get back to the class. Going out about ten paces, Mary. I called to find out if you tried the sentimental approach at school. I tried it twice, Mrs. Davis. How did it work out? Once more, and I'd be walking around in a barrel. Oh, that's a shame. Please remain quiet. Didn't Mr. Boynton invite you along for the week? Not quite, but since Walter's picking us up anyway, well, I could counts. just go along as if I'd had an invitation. Quiet, please. The trouble is, I haven't a dime to pay for the plane ticket. One, then I don't see what you can do about it. Two, no airline is going to let you travel for nothing. They only do that for children accompanied yeah. by their parents. No, that isn't any help. Wait a minute, Mrs. Davis. Is he dead? Not With a bullet through the forehead? Yeah, what he's I think dead, you're thinking, are you? Oh, I me in, This is terrible. Terrible. No, it was an accident. Everybody here said it was an accident. You said you.
Mr. Schultz had given half a million well, times. Well, as an adult, I, I certainly couldn't afford the plane fare to Cedarville. Oh, However, look, when Mrs. Marshall, Davis mentioned that children really accompanied by their parents with, were permitted to travel witnesses free, here to testify it gave me an idea. I would try to go as a child. No. But as Walter and I drove no, to the I airport don't. with Mr. Boynton then, that afternoon, I still hadn't divulged my plan to him. Oh, boy, what a great day flying. You're right, Walter, but let's wait till we get to the airport to try it. All right, go ahead. Please, Mrs. Brooks, I'm not doing 40. I know you're not. You're doing 65. Now, slow down. Well, you'd better let him go, Miss Brooks. We haven't too much time. I swear I don't understand. It was very nice of you to come down with me like this. What are you going to be doing over the weekend? Me? I'm going to Cedarville. Cedarville? Well, that's where I'm going. How come you didn't mention it before? You didn't ask me. figure it this way. Uh, how are you traveling? Interstate Airlines. Well, what again? Well, that's I want to be there a little more. Uh, where are you shows. staying in Cedarville? That's another coincidence at your parents' house. If you recall, your mother asked me to come up for their anniversary celebration. Of course, I should have remembered. What could I have been thinking of when she asked you? Probably how to get out of it. <laughs> I mean, you were chatting with your dad. Of course, I haven't got my plane ticket yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I haven't got the money closer. Me for barging in, Miss Brooks, but how do you propose I to fly without in. a ticket? I have a little idea. If you take a look as I open my overcoat, I think you'll get the drift. Uh, Miss Brooks, you're dressed like a child. Where'd you get that ruffled dress and that large pink bow? Same place I got the pigtails I'm going to tie on. From the dramatic club you? wardrobe. Did it go all right? You mean you're going to pass yourself so off as a 12 year old child? As a 12 year old child with stand dark up glasses, sitting on a valise with her legs tucked under. Oh, I get it, Miss Brooks. You think you can get passes right, for nothing Ms. if you're a kid it's going me. with her parents. Mom. Exactly, Walter. I had Miss Brooks, who's going to be your parent? You, two was planning. you want a lollipop, so Daddy? Good as good, That don't matter. We'll go instead. Uh, I'd like to you confirm my reservation on the 430 plane to see you. more here. you take care of me? This it's afternoon. A, May oh, I see this one was a real killer. Here you are. Don't you, name is you said you might could love I, uh, you. Well, you will. Uh, now, come on. I no, understand I no. can take my daughter. All right, that's enough, Murray. Oh, of course, Mr. Marshall. Provided she's you, you heard what he uh, May I see your plea? I heard what you were planning to do. Right here, Thomas sitting on my baggage. Oh. Not to be my business after hey, all, did it? Aside, madam, and let me see the child. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. Yes, I would. I'm she's her. coming with me. No, no. You're 12 years Let go old. of her, Maury. You can't stop us, Marshal. Hey, you know how I can shoot. You You've seen me. me. Don't try me, Maury, even with a woman to shield you. Why not? Right here with the Delnagy. You drop your gun. Look, I've heard of women fibbing about... You call that fair? This is no game, mister. Now drop it. Believe me, sir. She's only 12. And I ought to know. I'm her boyfriend. Really? Well, one of you is robbing the cradle. <laughs> that is, she seems so, so mature for 12. Uh, I don't want to prize her, but how do you account for the fact that this little girl looks nearly as old as you do? Daddy's married to a much older woman. Uh, yes. Look, the plane leaves in a few minutes. Are you going to let her through on my ticket? Well, there's no time to dig up her birth certificate, I suppose. And if you say she's your 12-year-old daughter, I guess I'll just oh, have to... Oh, goodness, I got here on time. Mr. Conklin! Yes, pardon me, little girl. I have an important report to give this gentleman. Uh, here you are, Boynton. If you'll just deliver this to the board, as you said you would, I'll be forever... Pardon me, little girl! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Hello, Grandpa! <laughs> 
Gwen. Ah. Aren't you a little late for tweak or tweet? <laughs> uh, do you know this little girl, sir? This little girl happens to be... Now, if this were suspense, a shot would ring out and Mr. Conklin would topple over. <laughs> Please, all I want to know is whether or not she's a 12-year-old child. A 12-year-old child? She's a high school English teacher. A high school teacher? Well, shame on you telling me you were 12 years old. It's possible. We have some pretty backward students where I teach. <laughs> well, this beats everything. I never thought anyone would go to such lengths just to travel half fare. Half fare? You mean children accompanied by their parents don't travel for nothing? Well, certainly not. On the family flight plan, only wives are permitted to fly with their husbands for nothing. I told you that was the rule, but you wouldn't believe me, would you, darling? Darling? <laughs> darling? What's going on now? Well, you see, sir, my husband didn't know the rules, and since it's very important that I make this trip with him, I had to resort to desperate measures. I see. Are you sure you're his wife? Well, darling, are we sure? Well, that's right, Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks! Well, he very bashful in front of strangers. Now, what in heaven's name is... Denton, why are you pulling on my lapel? Let's, let's go, you nasty little boy. So there's no question of that. We've been married for quite some time. Of course we have. Come here, Filthy, and give your wife a great big kiss. <laughs> kiss? Oh, uh, uh, of course, dear. There. Now kiss the other hand. <laughs> I'm not going to be fooled a second time. Just how long have you two been married? Fifteen Ten years. years. <laughs> He's been so happy, he's lost all track of time. I'm sorry, lady, but your word isn't enough. You'll have to prove that you're husband and wife. Prove it? Exactly. I want to see visible proof. Visible proof? Bon voyage, mommy and daddy. <laughs> Au revoir, my boy. Oh, no. You mean this is your son? It would certainly explain my feelings for them both. I'd just like to say that I'm... Oh, isn't that cute? Walter's playing hide the handkerchief in Grandpa's mouth. <laughs> now, of course, you're going to let me go through on my husband's ticket. Well, the plane's about to start and there isn't time to check further, so I'll have to, I guess. But I'll tell you one thing. If you're not man and wife, I'm in a lot of trouble. Believe me, I know exactly how you feel. You do? Yes, I've been in the same kind of trouble for over six years. And now here's the star of our show, Eve Arden Well, love on the wing can be an awful headache Especially when you fly without a ticket On the 
Brooks, starring Eve Arden, transcribed, is produced and directed by Larry Burns, written by Arthur Allsberg and Al Lewis, with the music of Lud Gluskin. Mr. Conklin was played by Gail Gordon. <laughs> at this same time and over this same station, Eve Arden, in the role of Madison High School's favorite English teacher, Miss Brooks, will again call the student body together. Don't you be absent. Our Miss Brooks is presented each week through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. (laughs) 